Hello, friends, and greetings to you on this first Sunday of Lent. We are entering into a very special time of year in the life of the Church. This is the time of year when we begin our journey toward Good Friday. It's a journey of preparing our hearts to bear witness to Christ's suffering and death on a Roman cross, and ultimately to bear witness to the empty tomb. Along this journey, we get to practice humility. Because, you see, this journey asks us to face ourselves. Most of the time, we're pretty good at hiding. We hide from our need for God, and in that hiding, we lose touch with the reality about ourselves, the reality that we have a need for God to meet us in our brokenness, to rescue us in our weakness, to forgive our sins, to walk with us in the wilderness of our failures, to transform all of our faults, and ultimately to bring us home. Lent is when we unhide, when we undistract ourselves. There are many ways to celebrate Lent. You might choose a Lenten devotional to read, or you might incorporate a few intentional moments of silence during your day. I know of someone who chose as a Lenten practice to go for evening walks in the dark, and that became a cherished and really a very clarifying time of day for her when she experienced the presence of God in a new way. One of the primary ways Christians have historically undistracted themselves from their need for God during Lent is through the spiritual practice of giving up something, whether chocolate or coffee or social media or extraneous shopping or something else. This practice has its roots in fasting, and we do this not as a good work that earns us brownie points with God, but for a higher purpose. I love the way pastor and poet Steve Garnis Holmes puts it. He says this, No matter what we may give up for Lent, what we're really giving up is the habit of withholding God's love from ourselves by seeking it elsewhere. Let me say that again. No matter what we may give up for Lent, what we're really giving up is the habit of withholding God's love from ourselves by seeking it elsewhere. Today's passage is a passage that is traditionally read around the beginning of Lent and is taken from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah is critiquing the religious elite of his day who make a show of fasting, trying to impress people with their religiosity while neglecting to live a life of mercy and justice. Isaiah calls out the hypocrisy of this, just as Jesus will later do with the Pharisees. Here's what Isaiah says a true fast looks like, a fast that pleases and honors God. Let's read Isaiah 58, verses 6 and 7 and verse 10. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice? and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. If you do away with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, 
then your light will shine in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. Isaiah paints a beautiful and pretty convicting picture here of what fasting looks like when it is most fruitfully engaged. It looks like mercy and justice. What I think Isaiah is essentially saying is when we fast, and for our purposes I'll add, when we give up something, which is a kind of fast, what if we let that help us give up some other things too? Maybe what we really need to give up is the blindness of our class privilege, by which we take abundance for granted and fail to see the need of those around us who are less resourced and financially secure. Could fasting help us open our eyes to see another's need instead of being perpetually consumed with ourselves and our own needs? Maybe what we really need to give up is our propensity for language that discounts people, like gossip or blame. Could we choose not just to fast from food, but perhaps from ways of speaking that dishonor another person and degrade their reputation? Maybe what we really need to give up is the heavy burdening of others, like overworking those we manage in our place of employment or purchasing products assembled by people whose working conditions are unsafe and who earn a subpar wage. Could fasting help us respect the dignity of people's labor and perhaps even if only in a small way, interrupt the wheel of economic injustice? Isaiah mentioned some specific acts of mercy here in the passage. Housing the unsheltered, clothing the naked, feeding the hungry. But here's his underlying point. Ultimately, the fast that honors God is the fast that leads us not to turn away from others in need, but which helps us move toward them in love. The fast that honors God is the fast that helps us relate to the vulnerable as our kin. Fasting, you see, has a way of reacquainting us with our own humanity. And when we are reacquainted with our humanity, compassion becomes newly possible. Let's read verses 8 and 9, 11 and 12 and see what Isaiah says happens when we allow God to use our fast to move us toward compassion for those in need. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach the restorer of streets to dwell in. What a beautiful picture of flourishing. Light will rise in our darkness. 
guidance and direction will be made available to us. We will experience an intimacy with God who will no longer feel far off but near. We will experience healing and we will grow in a sense of well-being. And that's not all. There will be a beauty about us, a beauty not unlike a well-watered garden, fragrant with blossom. And not unlike a well-watered garden, we will become a refuge for others, a sanctuary where they can taste peace and experience rest. And on top of that, we will become rebuilders of what has been destroyed. God is saying, your act of mercy, your life of fairness, your words of integrity, your gesture of kindness and compassion, honed and sharpened by fasting, these will be the tools of my redemptive work in rebuilding this broken world. In essence, building the kingdom of God. As we close, I want to give us a moment to respond to this passage. In a few weeks, it will be Good Friday. Leading up to Good Friday is a path, a journey. We call this journey Lent. How would you like to travel this path? How would you like to mark this journey to the cross? Here are some questions that might help you consider the invitation at hand. What would help you to be in touch with your need for God? What would help you undistract yourself from looking for God's love elsewhere? What might God be putting his finger on that could be helpful for you to temporarily give up or place on pause for a season? What might he be inviting you to incorporate that would help you open up space in your life to be with him and to be in touch with your need for him. Perhaps something comes to mind. Perhaps this is something you'd like to ponder more in prayer. Whatever the specific invitation for you from the Spirit may be, let it not be a heavy burden, but a path to freedom. Let it not be a task to achieve or accomplish, but a grace to receive that will in its own way overflow. Let it not be a self-help trick to master, but simply a way to stop withholding God's love from yourself by seeking it elsewhere. And finally, let it not be a goal to mark off on your daily or weekly checklist, but simply a new way to breathe. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, compassionate one, thank you for the path that Jesus walked to the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the empty tomb. Thank you for the life that Jesus won for us. Make us ready. Shine on our path with your light and show us how to respond to your invitation to undistract ourselves from you.